and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. <laughs> See, I was going to come and try and come up with something rhyming yeah. to say as our intro, and then I decided that was dumb. I'm surprised you didn't call us It's a Zoosical Podcast. It's a Whoosical Podcast. It's a Whoosical Podcast. <laughs> I'd make an excellent Who. I, you've been obsessed with Who's this week. I love Who's. I am a big fan of The Grinch, which mm. is our musical for today. I really like the original Boris Karloff cartoon. Mm-hmm. I... I like the book when I was a kid. Yeah, really, really enjoyed the book. I like the Jim Carrey film so much, and mm. I know it's like a controversial film, because... Baby Grinch. <laughs> you know, like, there's a lot of people online who seem to not like the Baby Grinch. But, like, every year from 2001 up to 2012, hmm. so a good 11 years, the very final thing I ever did on Christmas Eve before I went to sleep was watch Jim Carrey's Grinch. Yeah. It was replaced by Arthur Christmas. But, I really like it, and I think it's a really good story about love and letting people in. Yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about the musical version today. (laughs) Tell me about this musical version. Well, so, a couple of things before we get into the history of how The Grinch, the musical, happened. Yeah. When... The original Grinch story was written. Obviously, it's Dr. Zeus and everything rhymes. And there was music written to go along with it. The original story of the Grinch has... You can basically sing it through. Yeah. Because the whole thing is just... In rhyme. In rhyme. But (laughs) when they decided they were going to make the musical of the Grinch, they decided not to use any of the sort of original music or any of the original lyrics yeah, and to go at it from their own angle, which is like in its simplest form, it is just the exact same story from the book. It is not the story from the Jim Carrey movie version, which is strange because that would make it longer. Yeah. Well, obviously there's so much fleshing out with the Jim Carrey movie. We kind of get, you know, the flashbacks to learn why the Grinch hates Christmas. Mm -hmm. And actually, we empathise a lot with the Grinch. We see that the Grinch makes the effort to go down to Whoville and be celebrated, and then you've got an awful mayor Mm -hmm. who just thinks it's okay to mock the Grinch because he's different, because the mayor is a racist. And he gets away with it. But you, you do certainly feel more for the Grinch in the Jim Carrey film than you do otherwise. Yes. And... As always, the overarching theme of the Grinch, as well as kind of racism, is that consumerism is bad. Yeah. As with all sort of Dr. Zeus stories, you know, we have the Lorax where... I speak for the trees. Yeah. Just don't destroy the environment, kids, because it'll suck. Yeah. But with this one, they are focused way more on the bare bones of the story of the Grinch without the commercialism consumerism plotline 
Yeah, because how are you going to sell your theatre merch otherwise? Right. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's so funny that The Grinch is like this commentary on capitalism, considering... There's, you... what, four movies and a musical? <laughs> but also, you can go into a lot of shops at this time of year, and the amount of Grinch merchandise that you see mm. is ridiculous. I think The Grinch isn't so much how The Grinch stole Christmas, it's how he learned to love capitalism. Yep. But, I mean, he... Obviously, the point is Christmas comes anyway without trinkets or gifts or wrappings or whatever. Like, you don't need the presents. You don't need the food. Christmas is just this season. Seasonal mood. Yeah. But... I made it rhyme. I know. (laughs) God, could you imagine if we'd had the commitment to this whole episode in rhyme? No. (laughs) The musical, book and lyrics are written by Timothy Mason, who is a playwright rather than a musical theatre person. Everything else he's done... Seem to be straight plays. Some of them have a bit of music in them, but they are all plays. Yes. And then he got on to working on The Grinch, working with Mel Marvin, who did the original score, and then choreography by John DeLuca, who's a fantastic choreographer. And it made its original debut on the main stage of Minneapolis's Children's Theatre Company, because obviously the story of The Grinch, this one is aimed at children. Yeah. So it played in a lot of children's theatres and it seems to be more common in America. We have a few children's theatres here. Yeah. But there are a lot more of them. Or, you know, America's bigger. Of course, there's a lot more of them. But they made specific arrangements with Dr. Seuss's estate to exclusively adapt and perform a book. Yeah. So they had the right to chop and change whatever they wanted to and to use the whole book and nobody else could do it. Oh, wow. They were the only people who got the rights to turn this into a musical. So it wasn't necessarily film rights, it was just exclusive for the musical. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So it made its original debut in November of 1994 and then was remounted again in 1995 and 1998 and it played to sold out audiences every single time because people would take their kids at Christmas time to go and see this show. And this is obviously as well before the Jim Carrey film comes out. Mm-hmm. So you've obviously at this point you are you know for the adults it's something nostalgic for them. You know they've grown up maybe with the Grinch as a child and now they're sharing the story through a new medium with their kids. Yes, and in the same way that we here get panto season which if you've listened to our panto episode last friday you will know and we get pantos in theaters from sort of the end of november sometimes definitely december through to january that's our christmas season well this played when it went to san diego performed in the old globe theater this was their christmas season and it has played there Every single Christmas season since 1998. Wow. Yeah. And in its original version in 1998, guess who played Cindy Lou Who? I did just see this. (laughs) Our favourite Christmas actress. It's our least favourite high school musical actor. (laughs) It's Vanessa Hudgens. That's very, very cool, though. Yeah. At the time, obviously, she was unknown, but it's so cute. Yeah. However... In 2007, they added three new songs into both this and the subsequent Broadway version. And they added Fahu Dores, 
Fahudaris. Yep. Because we're now post movie. Yep. And then they added but two then other that's songs. Part of the animated special from 1966 anyway yes but it was made bigger by the yeah but it, I, I would say it was important like that should have always been in it anyway because it's like quintessential Grinch mm. yeah, but they didn't have the rights to that they had the rights to, to the, the book. book okay so therefore they can't use you're a mean one mm-hmm. wow which is why it's taken so long for that song to finally show up in the stage show because yeah. it is now in there and so is Where Are You Christmas, which also then got added later on. Okay. Yeah. Finally, it gets to Broadway in November of 2006. And then it ran for the whole Christmas season until January 7th, 2007. No one quite knew the reason why it took so long. <laughs> the first ever Broadway show to offer 12 shows a week. Wow. Yep. And oh, in man. The that's, first week, that just means there's, there's, there's like... Every either you're doing it every day, yeah, you must be doing it every day, and you have like two days where there's no matinee, or you're doing it every day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with some day off. Mm-hmm. I should imagine they were given one day off because can you imagine? That's grueling, Jesus. Yeah. In the first week of December 2006, it topped the Broadway box office grosses, which put an end to Wicked being a hundred-week streak. And it began a second limited run at the St. James Theatre on Broadway in 2007 with Patrick Page playing... Green Goblin. Yeah. Patrick Page playing the Grinch, which is hilarious. However... It was planned that they were going to run this as a 15 performance week, which is... That's not, that's not... Unacceptable. Yeah. However, that so that was November 9th, right? They start, and it was supposed to run 15 performances a week, except the morning matinee of November 10th, there was a Broadway stagehand strike, and they were walked out. Good. Good for them. No, that... That, I'm sorry, is just not acceptable. That is, I know this is a, a, a limited run. This isn't, oh, we're going to do this every day for three years. Mm-hmm. The, yes, this is a month, but also this is a month where um, you're more, much more prone to illness anyway at the best of times because of how cold it is outside. Yeah. Um, you've got the stresses of Christmas. I love Christmas. I, I can be a little bit of a Grinch if I'm getting stressed out because, you know, you go to the shops and everyone's going for trinkets and, and garbage and you're just like, chill everyone you know i completely Mm. empathize with the grinch in that way as much as i love it you know i I love getting the house decorated but christmas brings out the worst in people anyway and then to be doing that schedule with actors protecting their voices that's not acceptable well for everyone not just actors with their voices it's not the actors that walked out no i know and for the sage hands like the you know to be you know working as a crew everything has to be so precise we look at elf when we we covered it last year Mm. and you know there were injuries. You know, our main actor broke their ankle. Yeah. You know, injuries happen, and that's going to be more likely if you do not have a good car- a good crew there mm. to support the cast. Yeah, well, so the whole thing went to court over the stagehand strike, and they were then granted an injunction. So this is November 10th, right? Yeah. On November 19th, they announced that the show was going to go ahead. However... The owners of the theatre then issued a statement on the same day saying, no, we're not reopening. 
like regardless of what the director says um we're not reopening until the strike is over yeah because they have the right to strike and then it was all brought to court and they were granted an injunction that allowed the show to resume on november 23rd and they ran for just thanksgiving weekend so november 23rd 24th and 25th and they did 11 performances in three days you literally would be doing shows back to back like otherwise it doesn't work and this show isn't this isn't a very long musical no but oh my god like i don't even know how that would work you'd be constantly resetting the set and moving stuff and when you see the set that we're going to be looking at because we're watching the grinch the musical live well we say live <laughs> live ish yeah we're not watching the live version but we are watching yeah. that version they the sets are amazing but i cannot imagine having to push these on and off stage no and make sure that everything is working obviously it then got a whole bunch of tours it had a uk tour and then in 2020 we got the tv special with matthew morrison yep matthew morrison dennis o'hare boo boo stewart and amelia minto yes yep do you know that at one point as well on broadway did you ever watch lazy town yeah you know robbie rotten the bad guy yeah he played the grinch for a period as well on cool. us tours uh, uh very very cool i think hmm. so yes 2020 filmed in london yeah that was weird yeah it... especially because all of the actors or the leads rather are american now, they brought them unless here. but unless they were stuck in the UK, because obviously the restrictions meant that people were not allowed to necessarily come into the US, mm-hmm. uh, unless it's different with like celebrities. I, d- I don't know, but it is very weird that this was. I, I've always found this to be weird since it was announced last year. I was like, this is in London. This is a forty-minute drive from where we live. Mm-hmm. We could have literally gone onto the back lot and just waited to meet people, which obviously we can't because we're in lockdown. Yeah, but. Yeah, it just felt very weird. So, NBC love a live musical special. Yeah, they've done loads, haven't they? Like Hairspray Live, Mm -hmm. Peter Pan Live, Mm -hmm. Grease Live. They've just done Annie Live. Yeah, which which I would like to watch. We are going to have to cover as part of our Dave, the definitive Annie viewing experience that will return in 2022. And from what I've been hearing, that one's been getting a lot of good reviews, but they also did The Wiz Live. Yep. Because that Sound had Mercedes from Glee in it. Yes, I believe she was Eveline. Yeah. But I don't remember. The last special that they did was in 2018, and it was Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert. And there was, was the nothing... the one that had Alice Cooper? Yeah. There was nothing in 2019. They didn't release one, and they just re-aired all of the yeah. previous ones. And then on November 10th of 2020, they reported that there was going to be another special released by NBC. And unlike the previous special, they would not be performing this live. It would be pre-recorded over the course of two days. However, they did still call it The Grinch Live. And looking at like the adverts and trailers, like I remember it from a year ago, 
looking at everything, it certainly is a live performance. Whether or not it has an audience, or not, I don't know. I don't think it would do because of obviously theatres being closed and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But looking at the trailers for it, it certainly does look like it's been heavily edited. So it's this weird amalgamation between film and stage, which I'm quite excited to look at. Yeah. This one also is going to feature two songs from the original TV adaptation. So we have You're a Me More, Mr. Grinch and Where Are You Christmas? Well, Where Are You Christmas isn't in the original. The music is. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, because I only know it as Taylor Momsen of The Pretty Reckless singing it in the film. And it is my it's my skip song in the film, I tell yeah. you that. I will always skip that scene because as, as cute as it is, it just... I don't know. Yeah. Well, so, I'm, I'm sure you already know what kind of reviews this got. Oh, I know that a lot of people dislike it. And I know that there was a lot of backlash and it was very poorly received. It wasn't even backlash. It was more like people just making fun of it. Because yes. we were in that weird stage of people just hating on Matthew Morrison. Right, and we're in that weird stage of people hating on musicals as well. Like, mm. you know, this is half Cats. You yeah. know, this is a year after Cats and people are already criticising the uh, digital fur. Uh, you know, and Matthew Morrison's depiction as the Grinch. Because that's all we were shown in yeah. advance was what Matthew Morrison was going to look like. And then occasionally you got clips of Boo Boo Stewart dressed as Max. And Boo Boo Stewart feels more like a big name to get as well, I think. I don't think Matthew Morrison's as popular, you know, with maybe people who who will be drawn to this. I feel like because Glee's very far back in the rearview mirror for a lot of people, but the Descendants franchise isn't. Mm. So I feel like Boo Boo Stewart probably has... More of a younger audience. Yeah, who's yeah. probably going to be more intrigued. I mean, I don't feel like you need names for The Grinch. Everyone knows it. You've obviously got the Jim Carrey film. You've got the Benedict Cumberbatch film. Yeah. You know, The Grinch is still a very popular figure that you don't... You could put people we've never heard of in this. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd have a very similar result. Yeah. Well, so... Some of the headlines for reviews for this are actually my favourite parts about the reviews for this. We had one that says, The Grinch doesn't need to steal Christmas. NBC's musical was bad enough to ruin it. (laughs) NBC's Dr. Zeus, The Grinch, The Musical, Stink, Stank, Stunk. Which is pretty funny. And then it actually was on the day that it was aired on TV... It received a 0.6 rating among the uh, demographic that they were expecting, which is 18 to 49 year olds, and 2.5 million viewers, which is not amazing. No. But it was beaten out by the Masked Singer Holiday Singalong Special. One of my favourite reviews that I've seen says, it makes Zeusical look like a masterpiece in comparison. How dare you? <laughs> Now Zeusical is something has such a contra- we'll, controversial history. We'll get like... to Zeusical eventually, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The Grinch features in Zeusical. I believe. Well, no, the Who's feature. I'm pretty certain I've read somewhere in the past, but I will cover that eventually. But I would, I would assume that the Grinch was on Broadway before the Grinch, the musical, because I'm pretty certain the Grinch has to be in Zeusical. Unless I bec- really don't think he does show up. I believe Cindy Lou is referenced, but the Grinch is only around at Christmas and Zeusical doesn't take place over Christmas. Fair enough. Because you have... It's Horton, Here's a Who. No, you've got... 
that the citizens of Whoville introduced themselves in their yearly Christmas pageant directed by their friend the Grinch. Oh, there you go. He's in that much. So he must literally like be a cameo thing. But yeah. Anyway, that's a different episode for a different It's a Zeusical. But. Yeah. And I don't remember far back enough to when the Grinch was actually accessible. I, yeah, I really like the Grinch. And. Oh, I just hope that this musical doesn't ruin the Grinch for me. I will say from clips that I've seen, there are definitely things that I like about this. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to be more on the technical side of enjoying this this time. I, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a masterpiece. I don't think this is going to be something we're like, oh yeah, let's watch this version of The Grinch next year. Yeah. Well, you're not a fan of the best. Right, before we start this, what is your favourite Grinch? What is your favourite iteration of The Grinch? The I've said mine, Jim it's the Carrey Jim Carrey one. Yeah. Yeah. And then your second? Cartoon or Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> Oh, the cartoon I actively hate, the Benedict Cumberbatch one. I hate the animation style. I hate that they made him into this, like, like you're supposed to be on his side of this whole thing. And, like, all the Who's are really horrible to him, but not in the way that they are in the Jim Carrey one, where you're like, oh, he's justified in hating them. It, it's all like really. People are nice to him in the Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, one, but it's like backhanded. Some of the stuff they say to him, he just takes it the wrong way, yeah. and you're like, you're just an idiot. Yeah. Why is this happening? And it's another one where they took away the B plot of commercialism and consumerism is wrong, and they just glossed right over that part of the story. <laughs> Never talked about it again. Yeah. And it's a shame because I feel like because when I first heard Benedict Cumberbatch as a Grinch, I thought, great, his voice is his voice is perfect for the Grinch, but his voice doesn't sound. He's he's putting on a voice to be the Grinch. He's what not did speaking we watch as himself. The other day that had that like that actor that was like knock off Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. I was like, why didn't they just cast Benedict Cumberbatch? Because this is the same actor. It was like Christmas. Oh no, it was Doctor Who. Oh, it was it was Doctor Who. <laughs> We're it was the Grand Lizard, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the Grand, Grand Serpent. Serpent. Yeah, if you've watched the most recent season of Doctor Who, we've just caught up on it. And we know that Ethan from Best Film Ever has. And enjoying uh, your tweets yeah, on Ethan. They cast this guy and he was great. I thought he was really convincingly menacing, but he really was like a Walmart Benedict Cumberbatch. And I say that with all the love in the world. I yeah. really liked him. I thought he was great. Yeah. It was just really interesting. It's almost like they wanted to cast Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch in it, but he was too busy with his Marvel commitments. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, w I would agree with you that in terms of the big three, I know that there's obviously more versions, more iterations of the Grinch, but the big the big three, it goes Jim Carrey number one, Boris Karloff number two, Benedict Cumberbatch number three. And when we return after the interval, you'll find out who likes Christmas. And if we enjoy Christmas, specifically this iteration of how the Grinch stole Christmas. See you very shortly. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus, you're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. 
are a bad banana with the greasy black peel. And we are back. Yes, we have. We Returned from Whoville. Survived. <laughs> I don't think it was as bad as I was expecting. You know, when you, you kind of go in expecting the worst and you actually enjoy yourself more. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes there's a lot to be said for being a pessimist than an optimist. Yeah. You know, when you go into a film or a musical or just something and you're so excited, all you can, your expectations maybe just can't go up anymore. So they go down. Because mm-hmm. if you go in kind of like, mm, probably got, not going to have a great time, you're more likely to have a fun time. Yes. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of positives I'm surprised by with this this musical. It's not completely doom and gloom. I feel like I enjoyed it more than Dear Evan Hansen. I I definitely enjoyed it more than Dear Evan Hansen. I think because my expectations were so low because of all the jokes that were made about this and all of the mockery that was made of certain elements yeah. that we will talk about as we go through. I actually enjoyed a lot of this. However, I will say none of what I enjoyed was the acting. <laughs> no, probably not. I enjoyed a lot of the choreography. I enjoyed some of the songs. And more than anything else, I was obsessed with the costume. Yes, you were. And I think the set design was also pretty cool. Yeah. The, the, there are some really nice things about this. And I think straight off the bat, this actually really benefits from some live editing. Mm -hmm. You know, like the fact that this hasn't been performed live. We can then cross cut from the Grinch's lair to Whoville. And whilst he's still singing, we can see them singing that you wouldn't usually do with musical theatre. And it's quite interesting. And I'd like to see more musical movies filmed this way. Yeah. It has that Joseph vibe to it that you said was kind of your sweet spot for movie musicals. I know Mm. this isn't a movie. Uh, I was also surprised at how short this was at an hour and about 28 minutes, which is quite nice. I think it was just about as much I can enjoy. Personally, I would argue it could be shorter. There's one sequence in the shops that I don't think needs to happen at all. Yeah, I agree. And it is filler. I enjoyed half of that scene. Yes. Some of it was good. That's it, though. Yeah. So I like that it starts with the cutesy animation of like this pop-up book. And I really like that we see the score that has Grinch doodles on it. Mm-hmm. And we go into who likes Christmas. Yes. Who's like Christmas? Which is some really nice. I, I really liked this song, actually. I um I liked the fact that we get the fa who so, you know, the, in the background to this. Because it's like, yes, that is the Grinch to me. That sums up the Grinch. Mm-hmm. There's some nice little props as well. So you've got old Max, Dennis O'Hare, as our narrator. And we can see books like A Dog's Life. Yeah. I quite like the idea of having him be the narrator and telling us the story of the Grinch and he's but it does make you wonder where the Grinch is now. Yeah. Has the Grinch died? And Max is now like on his own. 
Because... I wonder who's live for. I don't know. Is the Grinch a who? He's more like a what. <laughs> Sorry. It's one of my favourite jokes from the Jim Carrey film. He's not a who. He's a what. Exactly. He's more like a what. But yeah, I, I don't actually know. But And I'll, I'll get into this later. But one of the lines is that he's 53. Grinch is a who. Is he, he is a who. Yes. The Grinch is actually the same species as the who, but he's a subset. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who say that uh, Dr. Seuss directly wrote the Grinch as like a reflection of how he felt because the same, he was the same age as the Grinch when the book first came out at 53. Mm. So, you know, you know that how like some writers see themselves more as their characters, like Dr. Seuss would drive around with a car had the license plate Grinch on it. So it's definitely like a self-insert character there. There's a really nice interlude with the children in this sequence here. They have like a nice little dance break. Yeah. And like they sing and it feel it does feel like children singing Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing is a really nice little sequence. I actually thought this was a really fun little opening. I was like, oh, this can't be as bad as everyone's saying it is. This is really fun. This is really jolly. The choreography is lovely. The costume design and the set design is is just amazing. Yes. One of the things... I'm going to talk about costumes now. (laughs) One of the things that I was immediately obsessed with was that the costume designers for this have gone out of their way to make all of the who's who-shaped. Yes. And have them not look like humans so some of them have trousers that make their legs look like they are funny like different shapes some of them have the big like prosthetic butts that they have in the Jim Carrey movie I really appreciate stuff like that and they haven't just done it to the adults the kids have these costumes too yes and I think that is always important when you're doing world building for something where you don't want the characters in it to look entirely human. Yes. You also have to apply that to child actors. Yes. And it's not like they're doing it here with big prosthetics. They're doing it by just dressing them really nicely. And there's also some really good, like, hair design, makeup design, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And and the shapes as well. Like, they've got a very, very brilliant cast, mm-hmm. you know. And the way they've managed to change the shapes of these characters... So they do fit this otherworldly, more magical Dr. Zeus-inspired world. Mm. It's really, really quite fun. Yeah. I I think this is a really fun opening. Mm -hmm. I think it sets the world brilliantly of Whoville. And it's in line with everything else. I think it's important that we meet the Who's before we meet the Grinch. Mm -hmm. You know, because every Who down in Whoville loved Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. I greatly appreciate that everything in this is said in rhyme and that there are jokes made about it in the script. Yeah, where they're like, go on, rhyme Satsuma, you know. There's a sentence where she's talking about something, that one of the Who's is talking about something and she finishes her sentence and it doesn't rhyme with the previous sentence and then she goes, cake? Yes. (laughs) great. There's some really, really funny ones. And do you know what? That's what I want from something like this though. That it's obviously like, paying homage to the world it comes from and it's poking some you know lovely jokes at it they're not like taking the mickey but they're just like laughing with it it's like oh no i'm speaking in rhyme 
Yeah. Yes. At the end of this sequence, we just see a grinchy hand reach over and old Max looks a little bit scared. And then we get the, I guess, what would have been the first American ad break in America, but not for us. No, we also got the ad breaks. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that's the issue with things like this, right? Is when you watch something that was made for... Uh, TV and is supposed to have commercials in it and it's very explicit with all of the NBC Live shows where the break is because it trails off in a really bad way. Yeah. Like, compare it to High School Musical. High School Musical was made to have ad breaks. Yes. You can tell where they are. Yep. But it feels like a scene change. Yes. Whereas this feels more like and we all pause here. Yeah. And we wait. And so everyone would freeze and then it would like pan away and then it would be the ad break. Yeah. And then we'd just go black for a second. And that's not well designed. Yeah, no, it does have a, Yeah, it does have an impact when you're watching it and the same thing's repeating, repeating, repeating. Yeah, they do the same thing every single time there should be an ad break. So we then get at this time of year and this is Max talking about his life and how he started as a young pup. And, you know, eventually got adopted. I love that we have four different Maxes for this scene. Obviously, we have Dennis O'Hare as narrator, old old Max. And then we have a little puppy Max. Which the music here, and this will be a theme, I felt sounded very Andrew Lloyd Webber cats. Because the way they're posing, you get the... Yeah, and the... The kid who's playing Baby Max has been choreographed to move with the beats of the music. And it, yeah, and it's so cats. Yeah. Which is interesting because we're talking about dogs. But I I wonder how deliberate that is or if it's just like a happy accident or if I'm just reading too much into it. But I watched it, I was like, huh. There are a lot of instances of that throughout this. Yes, and we'll talk in different songs. It's not just Andrew Lloyd Webber who feels very referenced. Or ripped off. Yeah. But I do really like that we go through the ages. We get Teenage Max is great. Teenage Max who's like, I don't care if I don't get adopted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's like really stroppy. And then enter Boo Boo Stewart. Mm-hmm. Had some experience playing, you know, dog-like animals. Oh, yeah. Twilight. Yeah. I forgot about that. Seth, the best of the wolves. Yeah. But he also comes out to a very jellical bit of orchestration. Yeah. Well, Booby Stewart is first and foremost as a dancer. Yes. And he's great in this. However, one of my main... I'm going to talk a lot about things that I would change to improve this, right? And one of the key ones is I don't understand why we need two Maxes. What I would do is have old Max the narrator step into the show whenever young Max needed to do something. Yes. And so he's telling the story, but he's also there while it's happening. So he'll say like, oh, and then you'll never guess what he did because he needed a reindeer. So then he steps back and then the Grinch attaches that one horn to his head. And it's still old Max who's narrating for us, but now he's playing young Max in the story. I don't feel like that's too complicated to do. No, and especially because it does get confusing because you do see old Max and young Max interacting in quite a few instances. Yeah. And it's like he's talking to his younger self. It's like, hey, everything's going to be okay. But it... 
Yeah, it was just really weird. I mean, it does make you wonder because obviously like in the Jim Carrey version, we get like Anthony Hopkins voice as the narrator. We never actually know who this narrator is. Max. Well, it, could it be Max? <laughs> could be anyone. I like that. I do really like that it's old Max. Yeah. But either, I think. Oh, they... no. I know who it is. It's Horton. Because Whoville is on the speck of dust. Yes. Like canonically. So yeah, it's Horton. Yeah. It's Anthony Hopkins. He's telling the story to Which somebody Which is funny else. because then Jim Carrey becomes Horton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I like old Max being the narrator, but I think they should have much more distance with things. I like this one here where he interacts with himself. Mm-hmm. But then I think when you're actually telling the story of the Grinch, he needs to be more distant and not necessarily yeah. in it. I don't have a problem with him interacting with these three younger versions of him because yeah. he's telling like how he got there and that's fine. I'm okay with that. It's just like for certain story beats as we go on, mm. they didn't need to interact. Yeah. It's just very weird. He says the line next scene's a big reveal, which I was like, spoilers, Max, badge dog. It's just because <laughs> we're going to see the Grinch. Yes. Time. And then uh, we learn that uh, Boo Boo Max is excited by Christmas, but the Grinch is not. And we yes. ask, why? Why, why, why are, you, why are you not excited by Christmas, Mr. Grinch? And we get, I hate Christmas Eve. Yeah. What we learn is that the Grinch can actually speak with Max and understands what Max is saying. So either the Grinch speaks dog or Max speaks human. Mm. Or is it just the fact that it's just a happy coincidence that the Grinch is conversing with Max. Yeah. Because their conversations flow, so it's almost like the Grinch has said something and Max, you know, Max... It, like, is it the Grinch believing Max is saying this? But it can't be, because Max is our narrator, so he's our reliable one. So is he re-remembering the conversations that maybe aren't accurate? He's not a reliable narrator for this reason, because there's a language barrier. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm imagining we have this magical talking dog. It's the only way this can work, that Max speaks human. Yeah. This whole thing is so confusing because of the two Maxes. Yeah. And obviously, as usual, as we say... Every week, we shouldn't be overanalyzing this no. the way that we are. However, however, what we learn is that the Grinch hates Christmas Eve. He hates the whole Christmas season. But don't ask him why, because he doesn't know the reason. But we also get a really weird moment here where Matthew Morrison especially hates us at home. And he tells us that he hates our couch. I like our couch. Now... It's a weird it's a weird bit of breaking the fourth wall, but I genuinely feel that this is like this is trying to be Jim Carrey's Grinch. Yeah. In the same way that like Jim Carrey did a lot with a lot with that of breaking the fourth wall and these meta jokes at the point where he's a director and he puts on Ron Howard's directing hat and, you know, tells Max to do all that or, you know, he he talks directly to the camera. He's like, kids these days, they're not scared of anything. This is this is Jim Carrey's Grinch as opposed to Matthew Morrison having his own take on the character. Whether you like Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch's Grinch or not, 
at least they tried to do something that was different with the character mm -hmm. and give Benedict Cumberbatch a chance to make the character his own. But here Matthew Morrison is just being Jim Carrey, mm -hmm. which I think is a problem because if you're going to be any actor, Jim Carrey is not one to try and emulate because you've got to go bigger. Yeah. If you're trying to emulate Jim Carrey. And I think it is to the detriment of a lot of what the Grinch does. Yeah. I also think that this song has some very Sondheim vibes. It's especially Sweeney Todd at, you know, for some of these bits. Like the dark kind of skulking, sinister edge to the orchestration and some mm. of the rhymes. It does have a couple of, uh, like, swing your razor high Sweeney yeah. moments where you're like, okay. <laughs> Which, like, this is the first time we've actually recorded since Sondheim passed away. No. And we are going to be covering West Side Story. And obviously we're going to talk more about Sondheim then. But that sucked. That was a, that's a yeah. sad that way. That was to... not a fun way to wake up. I, I found out just before I went to bed. And I don't want to wake you up and no. tell you because I don't want you to cry before you went to bed. But <laughs> That's not a fun way to wake up. You know, we'll talk a lot more. Obviously, 91 is a, a good age. It's, a, you know, obviously very sad. But it's just been so nice to see all the outpouring of love mm -hmm. from the musical theatre industry and you know especially on twitter you hear people who got into the industry because of sondheim or you know when they were close to giving up it was sometimes words that inspired them to go on and you know i think what better a legacy to leave behind you know the what the musical theatre world is a better place yeah then i think maybe it was before sondheim mm -hmm. now <laughs> Narrator Max it comes back in, gets quite confusing. Mm -hmm. We learn, obviously, we we get, you know, he's we, we get the whole, we don't know the reason. Maybe his shoes were too tight or maybe it's just that his heart was two sizes too small. Whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, the Grinch hated Christmas and he hated the Who's. Yes. Because they were racist. <laughs> well, so, yeah, this is the thing. We then cut down, we meet Cindy Lou definitively, you know, which of our children is Cindy Lou? Who? Oh, and of all of the kids, she has the worst costume. I was really upset by this because when you have characters like this, where they're all going to be over the top and all very colourful and bright, yeah. you need to establish who your main character is visually. Yes. And... You just lose Cindy Lou in the crowd, especially because she's dressed all in sort of yellows and oranges with a little bit of pink. And then she's got her pink hair with the flower coming out of it, which yeah. I like. But the rest of the kids are dressed way more brightly than her. Her brother, Boohoo, <laughs> which I love, is dressed in like bright blues and pinks. Yeah. So he stands out more than she does. And it just didn't make any sense. If you are interested in seeing what they look like, I did a drawing of yep. them while we were sat recording this. And it's over on our Twitter. It, it sure is. And I'm sure I'll post it on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. But yes, Cindy Lou wants to meet the Grinch, but Mum says, no, forget him. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do really notice, this is where we have the, the really nice rhyme sequence, and so he's like, oh no, this didn't rhyme. Cake? Cake. Yeah, that was funny. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's especially funny because it's so off topic. We We continue to get more of... Like, Grandpa who yeah. is equally as grouchy about Christmas as the Grinch is. And I find this really interesting because I've never seen a version of the Grinch where a who is so 
disengaged with Christmas. Mm. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I wish it had gone somewhere more. Yeah. You know, are they implying it's like old age and just he's a little bit senile? Is it supposed to be played for laughs? I think but... he's just supposed to be like the grumpy old man archetype. But like, that's the Grinch's role in this. Yeah, so... you don't need anyone else to do it. Because actually... It, it, it undermines the Grinch's Grinchy attitude, but it was it was interesting. Hmm. Maybe it would it, it it wouldn't undermine it if more was done with it. Who knows? But they they start singing about how he hates Christmas Eve. So now the Who's are taking the Grinch's song and talking about yeah. And then Cindy Lou is, can you tell me why? And then they're all like, we don't know the reason. And like, I appreciate that it's across the two groups yes but i still think this is terrible <laughs> Ter- terrible lyrics well one but then there's some nice like gags in terms of like so when boohoo has to sing because all he wants for christmas is singing lessons yeah so the actor doesn't sing well and i just like i think that's funny mm-hmm. you know especially like for it. a child actor yeah i think it's good world building like not everyone in a musical should necessarily always be able to sing mm-hmm. if like a character's established. it's like the stepsisters in cinderella yeah. where they sing sing sweet nightingale and you're like oh god but it's like the fun thing with with uh school of rock is you obviously get summer when it's diegetic sound doing memory all alone in the moonlight you know really badly yeah. then can sing extraordinarily when we do time to play yeah but that's a difference because that's non-diegetic you know yeah. and i like this but yeah well so we learn that obviously boohoo wants singing lessons for christmas but all cindy lou wants is a red rocking horse yes um santa's not real yeah um santa doesn't come to whoville santa doesn't exist in this universe but christmas does apparently and I'll, we I'll, were very upset when we realised well, this. I, I, so, so she really wants this red rocking horse. And mm. there's a scene later on, we'll talk about it, where they go to the shops. And there's an aside where they say, we can't afford this. Yeah. But, She's looking up at the toy and she says... Oh, her dad is like, did you see something you like, Cindy Lou? She's and like, she's like, no, Santa already knows what I want. And he's like... And then him and, and then granddad him and the... are like, oh, we can't really afford this. And mum is like, oh no, we'll find a way to make it work. It's fine. Yeah. But, and then there's lyrics in the song. uh, It's the thought that counts. This is a little bit later on. Where they talk about how, even though it is just the thought that counts, they don't care about how much money they spend on presents because they want to make each other happy. Yeah. And it's like, oh God. (laughs) But why, why do they have imaginary santa that they tell the kids about if santa's not real especially in this magical world where we have a grinch yeah and who's yeah oh my god it's so strange because in the jim carrey version he does exist you actually see santa leaving yeah yeah because the grinch has to wait for santa to have been around man's finished his rounds by now yeah so santa definitely exists they see him because that's the only reason it works Yep. So the only reason he gets away with stealing the stuff is because Santa is gone. And the Who's were all waiting for Santa yep. to leave all the presents. Well, And, and even like Cindy's mum and dad think it's Santa who's on the roof. Oh, it's Santa, be quiet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. So I, I will say this, to be fair, I think despite Matthew Morrison maybe not being 
great as the Grinch. I don't think he's badly cast. I don't cast. think he's badly cast. I just think, I also think this role, it lends itself to trying to copy Jim Carrey yeah. in a negative way. But I think he's really going for it. I won't say that he's not trying hard. I genuinely think yeah, he's going for it. He's a good dancer and a good singer and... But he's committed to the character as well. Like he's doing yeah. the kind of stuff. He's really trying. And this is it. I think for me, the weirdest thing of the casting is he's not, a, you know, you, he's most famous as Matthew Schuster. Is it Will, Will Schuster. Schuster? Matthew Schuster. Matthew Morrison, Will Schuster. Yeah. yeah. He's most famous for that. And he's this kind of like, like father-esque figure. He's not Yeah, well, well like and when this. you think about big musical theatre roles that he's done. Like, I saw him in Finding Neverland. Yeah. Fatherly figure. Yeah. But has the, like, childish, playful side to him. And then when he was in Once Upon a Mattress, he was, like, the love interest. Yeah, the, like, ingenue prince kind of character. This isn't his playing type. He's really going for it. And I I tell you what, I have fun watching him. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think... He's he's enjoying himself as well. Yeah, and I'm, I I enjoyed him. You and know? It, it's a bit. I'm loath to use the word cringy, but that's how some of it makes you feel. It's like, oh, this is a a little bit much. But I yeah. realised why I think that, and it's because there's no audience. Yeah, there's no audience in this. Nobody's like we said. clapping. Like it's the one thing I will give to Grease Live when they did it is they had a live audience the whole time. And Hairspray as well. So people were clapping after songs, which makes you enjoy it more. Mm. It's like when we watched Priscilla, you were like, I enjoyed that more than I would have if we'd watched the film. Yeah. Because there's an audience around us and we're having a good time. Everybody's in the atmosphere of it. Whereas this, without an audience, especially those cut between scenes where the ad breaks go, there should have been clapping leading us in. Yeah, there should You could have put canned clapping in afterwards. It needed needed something because you're just lacking. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I also think, you know, as cringe as it is for, you know, seeing Boo Boo Stewart with like dog ears and panting and tongue out like a dog and, you know, that. And we'll talk about the worst part of that. But he's also really going for it. You can't say anyone here is just cashing their check. Yeah. I would say that every single performer is genuinely giving a good performance at this point in time. Like, there's nobody who has literally just shown up, done a day of rehearsals, and has taken their money. Everyone is everyone is playing their part. Yes, so... Watch them a who. Yes. But tomorrow we know all the who girls and boys will break bright and early and rush for their toys and then oh the noise oh that noise 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 now this is a dream sequence this isn't actually happening for real it's it's him lost in the world of the who's and this is his worst nightmare is all the who's it's too loud for him on christmas day but this but he's imagining what christmas day will be he's not or maybe he's reliving a previous christmas day Mm. but this isn't actually happening in terms of a linear narrative yeah so we get this sequence where they're all... Uh, all the kids like grabbing their toys and playing and they all get really loud toys, basically. Yeah, yeah it's, and, and, you know, they get space hoppers and stuff. The choreography for this is fun for the kids. Max just consists of rolling around on the floor and then bouncing high on a space hopper. Mm-hmm. This is a fun song. You know, yeah, it's, it's a, a really nice sequence and it really gets the point across of like, okay, yeah, this is a bit much. Yeah. And I'm sure if you were stood in the middle of this happening... It would be very loud yeah. and very stressful. But I like it. But what's weird is that when we cut back to the Grinch's cave after this, Max still has a space hopper. Yeah. Didn't the Grinch pop it? He did, which was great. But <laughs> what, how has Max bought it back from the dream sequence? I feel like 
Oh no, but that happens in the Jim Carrey one as well. Not the space hopper, but Max has like Christmas ornaments that yeah, he's that he gone hides. and got out and he has them hidden. So this is obviously a space hopper from last year that while they were talking about this, Max was like, oh, I love that space hopper. Where is that there thing? I, call, I can justify that. That makes sense then. So after that, they get Welcome Christmas and it's the song from the film. Mm-hmm. It's Welcome Christmas, Christmas Day. Yeah. Which Far is nice. Four A's. Yes. And he looks out of his cave and he says, what is that? Because he sees that there's a banner somewhere in Whoville. Oh, this is so sad and hilarious. So Cindy Lou has got her little Who girl and Who boy friends together. Yep. And they made a banner for the Grinch and the others aren't quite sure about it. They don't know whether it's a good idea or not. But Cindy Lou is like, no, he really like this. Like, we'll put this banner up and it says, Merry Christmas, friend. And then as they run away... But it's addressed to the Grinch as well, so he knows it's to him. Yeah, it's like, Dear Grinch, Merry Christmas, friend! Yeah. Exclamation point. And one of the kids, like, brushes some dirt off of it, and then they all run away. And as they do that, the R drops out. So it says, Dear Mr. Grinch, Merry Christmas, fiend. Yep, they want to let him in. Yep. And, uh, you know, he is the fiend. But... The Christmas fiend. God, don't. That's a cosplay. That's a cosplay I want to do now. The Christmas Fiend. Ooh. Oh, the wrestler? Yeah. Okay. Still not over it, as I'm sure George will attest. Uh, this is where we learn it's been 53 years and the Grinch is old. Mm-hmm. If it's been 53 years, then maybe the Grinch is like 54 here. I didn't know until just doing the research for this show that canonically the Grinch is supposed to be 53. I just thought this was a choice. Like, why have they made Matthew Morrison 53 years old? But I'll allow it. You know, it's it's something that is established in Grinchy law. Yeah. This is where we learn that the Grinch has a plan and we get I Hate Christmas Eve reprise. Yes. And, yeah, mannerisms in this are incredibly Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, it's in the original text. It's for 53 years I've put up with this now. I must stop Christmas coming, but how? But that's not in the, the Jim Carrey film. That's why I never no. picked up on it, because that's my, my go-to Grinch resource. Well, because I've got the original, I guess, poem in front of me, just because it follows the narrative, and it's easy just to yeah. have it up as a reference. But yet, for 53 years. Well, one that's of my favourite lines in The Grinch, then, the, then he had an idea. The Grinch had a wonderful, terrible idea. You know. Yeah, then he got an idea, an awful idea. The Grinch got a wonderful, awful idea. Because I, I love the juxtaposition of the words in that. Like, I've actually used... Oh, the, the big smiley face yeah. where he's like, angry smile, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I, I love the juxtaposition of the wonderful, awful idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really fun writing. And I know that we've used it for some of my GCSE students when they do devising work and they're looking at, like, awful things around the world and, you know... You know, looking at what the politicians deciding to do, and they use that line to describe things. Had a wonderful, awful idea. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's such, such a poetic. Bit yeah, because of... it depends on who you're asking. Yeah, it's like a wonderful idea for the Grinch, but for us, the audience, it's an awful idea. And it's a, but it's a wonderful, awful idea. Mm-hmm. We go back to Whoville, and this is where we get the shopping, and this is the sequence. Ultimately, I feel we could do without. Because it's very long, it, it is... Now, I agree with you, 
but this is the point at which I would change some stuff. Yeah. So we get this song. It's the thought that counts. It's all the citizens of Whoville in the shopping department shopping. We get a little bit with Cindy Lou looking at the horse that she wants. And granddad also says, let's rewrap last year's gifts. They won't notice. Hilarious. But again, what who has ever had this idea? Because who's love spending for Christmas? Yeah. So it's very interesting. (gasps) The Grinch is related to Cindy Lou. Granddad had a secret love child. I always assumed that in like a we don't talk about Bruno kind of way. (laughs) <laughs> Drew's favourite film right now. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. But, like, otherwise, why is she so obsessed with him? Yeah. Because it re- only really makes sense if they are somehow related. Anyway, but, so, we have Cindy Lou look up at the toy, and this is where I would change things, right? Yeah. Cindy Lou's parents walk away, and then we're left with just Cindy Lou on her own, and then she sings, Where Are You Christmas? Yeah. This is my version. This is not what happens in the show. She would sing Where Are You Christmas and she would look around her and while she's singing this really slow song, everyone is still like hustling and bustling around her. It's like the juxtaposition. Amazing. However, she just sings like a couple of verses. Not the whole song. It's too long. Then I would have that stop and then we go into... We like move on. And like that's the end of that scene. Yes. And then later... When the rest of them sing Where Are You Christmas, Cindy Lou should sing Fahu for it, like Welcome Christmas. Because she's finally against got... it while everybody else is singing yeah. Where Are You Christmas. Because then you still have the consumerism plotline. Because for some reason, in this version, we have this huge shopping montage where the Grinch also shows up. And dressed as a cowboy. Dressed as a cowboy. With like a weird Elvis tone to it. Like he's doing an Elvis impression. He's got like a, a cowboy hat and a leather jacket. Yeah, it's jacket. very like, wham bam, thank you ma'am. Yeah. But, and then he like watches them all do the shopping, but there are no comments made about the commercialism of the whole no. thing. And... Yeah, because he's just trying to steal some fabric. You see him and Max crawling along the floor yeah. whilst they're dancing. He's just, want, he wants his red and white fabric to yeah. make his Santa costume. Yeah. Oh, it makes no sense. But he's he's lucky he gets away with it because all the who's are rioting because of because this is the most we get is like they're all rioting to try and get things and you hear oh, all like the a who's. Sale. But you even hear the worker who's being like, "This is awful. We hate this." Like, it's interesting because they're really trying to pinpoint that there's more to this consumerism thing, you know. And there's a line here we get: "It's not about the price tags. It's not about the price tags." Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's not about the price tags or the designer bags. And when they sing that, they all like cover the bag label yeah. that they've got. But it obviously is because we never then get a follow up to this song where yeah. they talk about it being like that. And also, we never get Cindy Lou singing "Where Are You Christmas" on her own. No, but yeah. So this is where you know. So we've got the kind of halfway point of this song. Cindy does the whole you know, rocking horse sequence. Her family imply it's too expensive. Is there no Santa? We, we, know, no Santa. we know there is no Santa now. And this is <laughs> where the Who's recognise that there's a stranger and he has been nice to Max, who's like, yeah, yeah, be nice to me. I like this. And he has to be nice. So I don't know. He's the Grinch. And we learn that he's from Houston. Houston. Yeah. Or the who? Yeah. Oh, 
Ha ha ha. Did you not get that no. before? I just thought it was a weird accent thing he did. No, he's from Houston. Houston. Yes, and he, you know, we learn Whoville doesn't get many t- tourists and Oh yeah, they were also like weirdly excited about that. Oh, got a crossover from from our usual advice of the week that we would have for our our wedding spin-off episodes, which is <laughs> Somebody says to the children, kids, say hi to the weird man. (laughs) Don't say hi to the weird man. Yep. (laughs) The Grinch then sings their song to help him escape, but they're trying to keep him here because they're like, oh, you can't go for Christmas. It's the most wonderful time Mm. of the year. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Yep. We get no choice slash one of a kind. I can't remember what this one was called. It's just called one of a kind. One of a kind. Uh, and we get the line from Max, I must obey, it's the doggy way. That's really sad. <laughs> right? It's like Max is like, well, I'm his dog, so I guess I love him. Because this is it. This is when he's being dressed as the reindeer and Max is going on about how this costume isn't authentic. They're not going to believe I'm a reindeer. Like... How meta is like they're not going to believe that. Yeah, the Grinch is like, have you ever seen a reindeer? And Max is like, no. <laughs> but there's a, there's a great thing that the Grinch says, Grin- "We Grinches," and Max is like, "There's more." <laughs> well, yeah, I really liked that line because I was like, "Wait." But I'll tell you what line. <laughs> Same I, question. I will tell you what line I didn't like. We talked about it with the pantomime that I was cool with like making some COVID references. That's fine. We were a little bit more distanced. I say that as COVID is rearing its head, but... We've been living with this for long enough that we can make jokes about certain things. Certain things, but... The six metre rule. But in 2020, a year that we were still struggling, and actually a year we weren't getting Christmas, Mm -hmm. to then have the Grinch say, I socially distanced before it was cool... I don't like that. Yeah, that was a bit weird. And I know it makes me sound like a hypocrite, but this... No, and it's not... Nowadays it's fine. I... But if I'd watched this in 2020, I'd have thought that was insensitive and on the nose. Well, the other thing is, I think it's not the joke that's the problem. It's the sentence. Because if the joke was like, I was socially distanced anyway. Yeah. That's fine. Because a lot of people made that joke. So it was like, oh, no, I don't have to go outside and talk to people. I'm an introvert. I was already doing that. Like, people made that joke all the time. And it it was like, it's fine. It's not that funny, but it's fine. Yeah. But if you'd have said that instead of before it was cool, like it's never been cool. No. My dude. (laughs) No, I know. And, and it's not even like it's done because it's a cool thing to do. It's a safe thing to, it just was, was a weird line. Yeah, it's just a weird one. I do really like his Santa Grinch costume, Mm -hmm. but this song, so, okay, it's not Sondheim-y and it's not Andrew Lloyd Webber-y, but I felt that this was very star kid, that this felt like a song that Voldemort might have sung in a very Potter musical. Yes, but what was the other song that you compared it to? Oh, yes, but then it is also very My American Dream. It literally was. It's so... Because he was saying things like, he would be like, I'm going to have... Like stockings One and trees, kind. the American dream, yeah. and I was like, "What?" 
It was it was very very Miss Saigon. We also noticed, and this is where this is a weird performance choice that Matthew Morrison was doing. We kept getting the noise that he kept making. It was so off putting that he'd do something and go at mm. the end of it. It's just like you got to stop making this noise. And the second you pointed out, it became worse. It's like when you learn that Andrew Rannells. Licks his lips, licks his lips a lot, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I can't unsee that. Or you know, with with Hamilton pro shot and how spitty Jonathan Groff is. Yeah, that's once it. you can't, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Sorry, guys, if we've just shattered that glass for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Max goes to speak, but the oh, this bit right. So this was funny the first time. Yeah, and it was diminishing returns. So. The Grinch goes to leave mm-hmm. and Max starts speaking and the Grinch comes back on and then he goes off again. And with that, great. Okay, he comes back on. It was funny the first time. It's not funny the second time. And he gets got with a net and he's like, guys, this is my Emmy speech. Oh, this is my Emmy opportunity. And we were, everyone yeah. was like, was it? Yeah. <laughs> we know you're not on Glee anymore, but like. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the way they do the sequence with him going down on the sleigh. I like the orchestration we have. It's not like a whole musical sequence. We just get a bit of orchestration. Mm-hmm. I really like the editing of this. Oh you my know, God. All the kids have names. Do they? Yeah. I really like as well. You've got like Boo Boo Stewart, like flailing about on the floor. You've got some nice graphics in the background. So you feel like the snow is like bombarding them. I thought that was good. Yeah. And he shouts out, look out. Santa Claus is coming to town. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're, we're then back in Whoville. Granddad says, I'm not deaf. I just prefer my own reality. Yeah. Grandpa who? Yeah. I just prefer my own reality. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. I agree with Granddad. I'm not so, deaf. Sometimes I just like living in my own world. So, so, I've just found out that all of the Who children have names. um, And they all have like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarf names. Oh, my God. So, obviously, we have Boo Hoo. Is he Boo Hoo Hoo or just Boo Hoo? Who is his surname? Yeah, but is he Boo Hoo Hoo? No, he's Boo Hoo. Cool. <laughs> Super excited for you to edit that bit. <laughs> uh, then we have Danny Hoo, who has a normal name. Congratulations. And then we have Bugsy Hoo, Sporty Hoo, Punky Hoo, Scallops Hoo, and Betty Hoo. Oh, Betty Lou Who. Yeah. Mm. Shame we don't have Martha May Who VA. I know. I'm sad. I love Martha. But we also have Who One and Who Two, who we haven't spoken about yet. Yes. They are not in the story. In no. the same way that Max, old Max, is not in the story. Um, Maybe they're Max's carers. I think they are, because they're dressed. Like Santa's helpers, I guess. But but they are just there to help and assist Max most of the time. They're the ones that come on with the net to drag the Grinch off. Yes. At certain points. But yeah, it's the wonderful Joe Allen and Francesca Mills. Yes, and both were very cool. I really liked their performance. However, Francesca Mills gives one of my favourite performances in this entire show she's so funny and so 
Like every time she's on, she's giving the side eye to the Grinch. Like, yeah. oh, go away. It's so good. And I think what's really, really interesting as well, and what's really, really good about this version of the Grinch is its commitment to diverse casting. Yeah. You know, in terms of it is not just a white family for Cindy Lou Who. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah. We're not just casting, we're, we're casting the right actors for the role in the same way that Francesca Mills is a short actor. Now, we released our episode covering Snow White from Woking, our pantomime episode on Friday. And in it, we struggled to talk about, you know, correct representation. Yes. And something that we've both sought to do, and we're in the start of this process, this is only a few days after recording that, but, but since the... then, we have tried to do research and we've tried to educate ourselves yes, more. Yes, so that we can use correct terminology because that is important. Now, what I actually found, Warwick Davis has founded the Reduce Height Theatre Company, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic. And the, uh, you know, it says on his website that... The dream was not only to appear in classic plays by distinguished playwrights, but also to celebrate the diverse range of untapped acting talent that exists among the short actor community. Mm-hmm. That's, and you know, we're at the start of my education, but that's the, that's the terminology I'm going to use yeah. moving forward uh, whilst I educate myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the idea of this is, a, I think it's a phenomenal idea. It doesn't matter. You can take any play. You could do any of Shakespeare's plays with short actors. Yeah. And what I really like here is the fact that the casting is diverse. They've not cast a short actor to specifically play a short actor role. Yeah. They've cast, they've just cast an actor and Francesca Mills plays this part. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter about anything else. And that's what we need in more performances. It like, you know, on in, 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 in the industry is just, you cast the right person for the right role, regardless of anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, I really, and I I agree, she was fantastic. You know, the choreography and just, like you say, the side eye at the Grinch was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that. We have Now's the Time. It's a nice sequence to show the family Christmas. They also imply, so this is where I start to really be like, right, it's clear Santa doesn't exist. Yeah. The family imply they have Cindy Lou's toy, and we sure enough find out later that it is. That toy that is under the tree is Cindy Lou's red rocking horse from Santa. Santa. Now, they also say, and and mum says says the line, is that Santa at the door? To which the kids rush off to bed, but then she winks because she knows it's not, and she knows that, you know, Santa isn't real. Santa's not coming because... They wanted the kids to go to bed so that they could put the toys out. So, yeah. So weird. But then it is really weird because then you do get... Especially for a show that's aimed at kids who are of an age... Like, they're supposed to be Cindy Lou's age and still... Well, this is it. It's a huge plot hole with Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Is that the one where he turns into Santa? Because it's established the adults don't believe in Father Christmas or Santa Claus, right? I hate that. Right. right. I hate right. that in movies. Where are the presents coming exactly. from? But exactly. Because they should know he exists. Because where have these presents come well, from? Well, it's all based on the idea that 
men and women don't actually get along even if they're married and mum and dad don't talk to each other. They just think that the other one bought the gift, which is an unrealistic expectation. But it isn't that isn't within this one because he's got the gifts already. She's given them. She He knows what gifts are under the tree. Yeah. So where would these gifts have come from? Even when they were married, where would these gifts have come from? Because both parents would be sure you're talking to me like, did you get that? I didn't. Did you? No. Oh, my God. Where did it come from? There's no reason for well, it. Especially with things like, what's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Jingle all the way. Is that the one where he's trying to get the turbo toy? Turbo man. Yeah. Yes. He's trying to get turbo man. Right. If Santa was real in that movie... Which he isn't. Which he isn't. If he was, Santa would be bringing him a Turbo Man toy. Yes. And also Arnold Schwarzenegger would get him a Turbo Man toy. But we're presuming in the world of Christmas movies, adults don't believe in Santa. So his son would have two. So where did the second one come from? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but How then do these the... adults not believe in Santa? But, but at least in Jingle All The Way, it's established, you know, they reference Santa because Darth Vader says, you know, I want, I want, you know, Turbo Man. Santa's got it covered and Arnold says, ah, oh, but Santa's very busy this time of year and sometimes he needs parents to help him out. Yeah. And that's when, you know, Anakin says, I want Turbo Man. Yeah. So they establish there's a belief, but they also establish Santa doesn't exist in this one. But it's weird in the Grinch. Like, this is why you're supposed to sit your child down and have them write their Dear Santa, this is what I want for Christmas thing in front of you yes. so that you know what it is. And not on Christmas Eve when it's too late for you to run to the shops and get something. Mm. So, yeah, very, very weird. But then you also, as, you get the line as the, as the Grinch is squeezing down the chimney, you get the line, if Santa could do it, then so could the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Because Santa... Because that's a line that they're using again when yeah from the original Grinch story Where in Santa. which Santa exists. So this is it. It's a very, very muddied area. But yes, the Grinch steals Christmas. We, we don't need to talk too much about this. We, yeah, know, we know what's happening. We know what's happening here. We but, get your I, mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yes, I do. I do like how he mocks Max and because Max is all like, oh, you can't do this. And, and he go to, to kind of get the song to start. He says, that's... Max says, that's mean, Mr. Grinch. And then the, the Grinch goes, oh, that's mean, Mr. Grinch. And then you get the, you're a mean one. Yeah. Mr. Grinch. And I think Dennis O'Hare's staging uh, and singing of this as, this is where oh, it really Max. works for him being old Max narrating and obviously having who one and who two. Mm-hmm. As his backup dancers. Them coming and singing this sequence whilst you then have the stealing of Christmas behind us is really good. Yeah. Which is why I'm glad that we have narrator Max and current day Max. But this is the only scene where it benefits. is necessary. Yeah. yeah. I did not like the bit. So you have the, you've got termites in your smile. And then Matthew Morrison was like picking at his teeth. I didn't like that. I don't need to see that. In a, in a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mostly because, again, the Grinch can't hear this, so he just needs to carry on focusing on stealing the stuff in the background. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to interact with this. He also breaks the rocking horse. He throws the rocking horse to the ground and he a smash. Yeah. But then it's okay later on because the magic of Christmas. 
But, and, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about oh, what I'm about to be annoyed about when we get there. But well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what we really didn't need, and I suspect this is what you're annoyed by, is the fart joke. No. I'm, no, it's the rocking horse that I'm annoyed about. Okay. We really did need the fart joke as well, where the Grinch just did this really awful fart. Yeah, is that still a thing that kids laugh at? Because I don't think it I is. I don't think there were much laughter at the farts at the pantomime. Not really. Um, which, if you're going to have that sort of humour anyway, have it in a pantomime, that's fine. It's kind of to be expected. But I didn't need to see the Grinch farting on Max. Yeah. To be completely honest with you. Um, but I did, i tell you what I really liked. Oh, no, this was, yeah, so, so he comes forward and then he starts saying, I'm a mean one, I'm a Grinch. Yeah. That was cool. Um, but it was weird that he was trying to be sexy with it. Like, I don't want a sexy Grinch. I'm sure that there's a, a sure. market out yeah. there for sexy Grinches. It's not really for me. Um, but one of the coolest things he does is as he's got the tree and he's air guitaring the tree. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. And yes, Cindy Lou finds the Grinch. Yep. And, you know, he says, I'm, there's a tree light on this tree that won't light on one side. I'm going to repair it. By presumably doing CPR on it. Because that's what Matthew Morrison does. That's how we repair <laughs> fairy lights. CPR them. And he makes her cry. But she hugs him. And then he she sings Santa for a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because she feels bad that Santa's alone. And this is when we, we get Beetlejuice Grinch. Yep. Because he says, oh no, it's a ballad. I liked that line. I thought it was funny. But again, it's weird. It it, it definitely feels like this Grinch, part Jim Carrey, part... It's what you get if you put Jim Carrey's Grinch with Beetlejuice the musical. Mm -hmm. You smush them together. And this is what you get. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster of a creature. Right. Beetle Grinch. Grinch or juice. So... Is this where she sings Where Are You Christmas in the movie? I don't remember. No. Anyway. She sings it very very early on it's after the grinch has come down terrorized whoville for the day and then gone. she's like well everyone's so angry this but it's also Christmas where the grinch is. has like nearly killed her yeah and like wrapped her up and you know instead yeah anyway so here she sings santa for a day which lyrically implies that she knows he isn't santa also lyrically implies that she fancies him a little bit, that, that too. Yeah, she says that she will be in his Christmas stocking. And between this and asking him to stay the night, it is weird. It's a weird reading on their relationship. Yeah, because... So, so what she's saying is like, oh, Santa takes care of all of us. Who takes care of Santa, right? But then... Mrs. Claus. Well who doesn't exist obviously in this universe but that's next year's musical by the way we're going to do mrs angela lansbury and mrs claus is that one a musical it is a musical apparently so that's next year's musical offering (laughs) i've decided it right here right now we love angela i've never seen it so i have but years ago anyway so we either She's saying, I will be Santa Claus for you because you are Santa for me. Or she's saying, you're going to be my Santa for a day. Because I know that you're not actually Santa. Yeah. She then tells him that this will be our song. 
She's yeah. obsessed. They then sing it again later on. Yeah. The Grinch cries. Was it something she sung, apparently? I like it. I love it when people say stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Was it something she sung? And yeah, he takes Mercy and says he fixed the tree. But then she talks about her nightmare with the old Grinch and it offends him mm-hmm. because he thinks she's just talking about how the Grinch is like this scary boogeyman figure. And actually her nightmare is, I woke up that the Grinch is all alone. You know, that's what woke me up. And he, but he doesn't take that reading. So he, now, he, now he's back and stealing Christmas. And it's all Cindy Lou's fault. Yeah. So we get... Yeah, he tries to scare her. She just laughs it off. Oh, yeah. So he gives her a drink and he sends her to bed. Yes. And we get the nice orchestration as he goes and steals Whoville's Christmas. Yep. But of course, the Grinch, master criminal that he is, decides to spray paint the town and paint the town green. Oh, I was so annoyed by this. Yes, because what does he spray paint? He literally spray paints on the side of a building, hashtag Grinch. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not like the wet bandits over here. You can't put your name on the thing that you've just done. You just are going to get caught. I think the Grinch is lucky, though, that, you know, we, we don't investigate retrospective crimes. Obviously. <laughs> so he packs up their presents, their ribbons, their wrappings, their snoof and their fuzzles, their tringles and trappings. And he even took the Who Beast. And That's tra- actually not in this. No, 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 but the Who Beast is referenced. I know, but it's not in the, yeah. the poem. Yes, the roast beast. And I, it's always really bothered me. What is this beast? Yeah, what beast? You don't see I, feel, I feel like they're eating Grinches. Oh my God. Because uh, uh, he, 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 he eats at the end, doesn't he? He, the Grinch, carves the roast beast. Yeah. Uh, he also leaves no crumbs that are not big enough for a mouse, which is then referenced by the Who's when they come down. Because it's like, there's not even a crumb for a mouse. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah, he takes it all up to the top. Oh, that was Northern. Takes it all up to the top of Mount Crumpet. To Dumpit. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. Anyway, yeah. Mount Crumpet to Dumpit. And so in the morning when they wake up, they sing Who Works Christmas. Well, we've also had the Mean One reprise and the backup dancers are now on skates for some reason. And they, they oh, like eat that. the they cool. have the banana and they just throw the banana peel backwards, which mm-hmm. that's an accident waiting to happen, isn't it, on a on a set. Yeah. And the who's so, wake up and we get, yeah. What should happen here is we get you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch reprise, and then where are you Christmas? Cindy Lou's version. Yeah, after she says she'll seek revenge on the Grinch, she says, I wait till I find him and lose it. Hiya! It's very cute. She's it tiny. But what is supposed to happen here is Cindy Lou is supposed to sing her own little bit of Where Are You Christmas and then the other Who's join in. But that didn't happen here. It was just, you start with Cindy Lou's mum. She sings Where Are You Christmas. Yeah. So this song loses all of its intended meaning yeah. where it's supposed to be about like the spirit of Christmas is gone because everybody's so concerned about their own thing. And they're not being together as a family and they're not looking after each other or caring about each other. Whereas this is like, oh no, somebody stole all my stuff. Where's where Christmas? Are my Literally, presents? where is Christmas? I spent a fortune. Yeah. Now I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Just like Michael Scott. Really? All the who stand in the square like Michael Scott and Scott. 
I declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. They just got Oscars like that's not how it works. That's not how it works. So yeah, they all <sighs> sing Where Are You Christmas? And then we cut back to the Grinch. Yes, who has gone up, up, up to the heavy side layer, yep. three thousand feet to the top of Mount Crumpet to Domp it. To Dompit. To Dompit. Yeah. And we get the Who Likes Christmas Prees and they sing yes. because Christmas cannot be stolen. Mm-hmm. It isn't in a box. It can't be bought from a store. Maybe Christmas means a little, bit, a little more. bit more. Definitely feels like a Marks and Spencer's advert, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Somehow or other, it came just the same. This is where we get, it's not Vaseline. It's not the Vaseline filter. Oh, it's like the shiny edge. But the shiny yeah. edge filter as the Grinch starts to, you know, uh, feel christmas oh inside God, him i hated this i'm sorry this was the this was objectively the worst part of this and my favorite version is either the original cartoon or the jim carrey where you see the little like x-ray of his heart growing yeah because i think that's funny but obviously you can't do that in live theater so what they do here is matthew morrison just like has a heart attack on stage and he stood there, like, clutching his chest and groaning. And Max is just sat there, like, yay! Yeah, Max is like, yeah, yeah. He's like, just make sure it's all of me that grows. Don't make my butt any bigger. You know? Oh, yeah, that was that was weird, too. It anyway, weird. His, his heart grew three sizes. Yep. We've got one-of-a-kind reprise. This, it all goes so quickly here. I literally have one-of-a-kind reprise. Max tries to rally the Grinch. Santa for a day reprise. She's out for her pound of flesh. She's coming to get you, Grinch. Yeah. Cindy Loose. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so I forgot I wrote that note. I'm really going, what have I written? Yeah, Cindy Lou wants her pound of flesh. She's yeah. like, you stole my Christmas. You I'm stole gonna... my red rocking horse. Right, she's going to stuff the Grinch so and have a new cuddly toy. The Santa Grinch every decides day. that he will be bringing back their toys and all the presents. So he comes down... Yes, he hates being one of a kind. Because it's lonely or whatever. But again, we also get the Jellicle Cats music as the the sleigh is like falling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so he brings all the toys back and he turns to Cindy Lou. There's a weird thing before this. All right, okay. We have the advert break and we come back to Max who's whispering something to one of the Who's. And he's Oh, that was so weird. But we don't know what he says because Max says at night that Grinch dresses up as and we rewatched this three or four times with the volume turned up and the subtitles, but we didn't make it out. We couldn't figure out what the word was. So if anyone has rewatched this or remembers it, what is it that the Grinch dresses up as at night? Yeah. Cause I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I was really worried that that joke might be a really, really, really bad joke. It felt like a bad joke because the noise was like, mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I so wonder... So I was like, a woman. I... Like, he's saying a woman. And then yeah. we turned the volume up and it was like, no. That's what I thought the first time I watched it. And I wonder if maybe it's been edited out for post-screenings that maybe it was a, you know, the Grinch wears women's underwear or something, you know, like at night. And yeah. they've, they've edited it out because they realise how... Inappropriate it is. Yeah, but if anyone does remember what that line is let us know but yes so he's come back down with christmas right and this is where i get annoyed yes because he gives all the presents back and all the food back and all the who's are very happy to see him yep and then he's like oh there's one last present and he turns to cindy lou he gives it to her and she opens it and she's like the red rocking horse i wanted and then we thank get, you mr grinch yeah then we get santa for a day reprise and i was like hold the up <laughs> 
your parents did not have enough money to buy you this thing, and now this guy's taking credit for right? it. Right, and also it broke because we heard it smash. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be really annoyed if I was the parents. Like, no, 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 Mr. Grinch. We got her that. Mm-hmm. You don't get to claim this great present. We also get some Fosse jazz hands. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like our musical theatre trifecta. We've had some Andrew Lloyd Webber. We've had some Sondheim. Yeah. Uh, and now we've got some Fosse. Yeah, we got Welcome Christmas reprise and Santa for a Day reprise. And yeah. then the finale, which is Who Likes Christmas reprise. But this time they have The Grinch Likes Christmas. Yeah. And this is it. Like, I, I really like, you know, it's a good curtain call sequence. They, they filmed the curtain call really effectively. Mm-hmm. And I like him doing his little Emmy shake where he's like holding his Emmy or his Oscar. Like, thank you. Thank you. Which is definitely like Jim Carrey in the mask. Yeah. And yes, that is The Grinch. What's your best song? I, I, I will say my best song. And I, I'm going to then instantly say it is always going to be You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. It's iconic mm-hmm. and it's done really well here. But I'm not going to allow that to officially be our best songs. I think it goes without saying. Mm-hmm. So what is your best song? I really liked One of a Kind. But I also liked it. What American it Dream. Counts. Yeah, right? But maybe I only liked it because it's familiar. So Did I, you like it more because I sang American like, Dream? I did like it more because we sang American Dream over the top of it. So maybe, well, it's between that or it's the thought that counts. It's Who Likes Christmas for me. I think it's a great opening. Yeah. And I could add that to a Christmas playlist and, and enjoy it. Mm. What's your skip song? Santa for a day. Yeah, Santa for a day. But then I'm also going to say, where are you, Christmas? Yeah. It, uh, or this time of year. It's literally just latched on, you know, where are you, Christmas? Because it's it's popular from the film. It actually doesn't add anything here. If they'd have used it the way that I thought they should. Yeah, then <laughs> it maybe. It would have been fine. And then, like, having the, the difference between Cindy Lou's version of where are you, Christmas? And the parents' version... Or, like, if Cindy Lou's version had been there first, would the parents' version have felt more emotional? Yeah. Because now they're getting it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was just used weirdly, you know? Who would you want to play? I haven't actually answered these ones yet, MVP and play. I guess the Grinch. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind... I wouldn't mind playing old Max. But I'd want I'd want like the lines more apparent, you know, when when he's there, when he's not. It'd be quite nice if he's old the whole time and he gets up suddenly to do you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah, because yeah, Dennis O'Hare was more than capable of getting up and joining in with the dances yes, and stuff. But he didn't do as much. But I, yeah, I think I'd say Max, but but old Max. I don't want to be Boo Boo Stewart Max, who did a really good job, but I don't want to be Boo Boo Stewart Max. Yeah. Who do you want to play in this film? I don't know. I mean, I would happily, I said this when we were watching it, I would quite happily be any of the Who's because the costumes are fantastic and I would love to wear those costumes. Yeah. Specifically the dungaree looking outfits. Incredible. I would wear those day to day. So I'd happily be the ensemble in this. Who's your MVP? Um, The child ensemble. I'm giving it to them as a collective. I thought everyone was really good, but the child ensemble in this, but, yeah. because they had a couple of big scenes. Especially the Watchama. 
Yeah, they and did the choreography. Really they just like these kids. I is I'm always amazed by kids in theatre because they're yeah. always just so talented. I think it has to be them as the MVP. I think you're right. You know, the adults don't necessarily do much, really. The adults don't do more than is expected of adults in theatre. I think Matthew Morrison and Booby Stewart do really go for it, and there's some really. You said Booby. You said Booby Stewart. Okay. I think they really go for it and they really try to give it their all. Yeah. But I think they are up against it and there's just some choices either that they've done. Because Matthew Morrison was a producer for this as well. So he's obviously got a little bit more say than just, you know, what a director would do. Yeah. He clearly wanted to try and, you know, escape his typecasting, didn't he? It doesn't always work. No, it's always worth a try. Yeah, I think Dennis O'Hare is a great narrator. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, it's those moments where the lines are blurred that it kind of took my enjoyment out of it. So yeah, the child ensemble is great. I will give a shout out to the costume and set designers because I think that, you know, because the sets, they look like a pop-up book. They are like the the, the black and white and they look like they are straight out of a Dr. Seuss book. Mm. And, you know, the fact that like Hoover is just like white and then you have like a tree up, you know, like it's gorgeous. With the black lines drawn in, yeah. Yeah, and really like nice. Max like is sat. Shading. Yeah, Max is sat on a white chair that has the black lines drawn in. Like the mm-hmm. set design, it looks like we are in Dr. Seuss's Grinch. So they also deserve like a shout out. <laughs> Over to Instagram, where we heard from Joseph Smith, who said he watched it last year mm-hmm. and just felt it was just so odd to me it was so odd that's the best way of it's describing a fever it. dream isn't so it? odd 69 percent of people said no we're not fans 31 percent of people said yes we are fans it's actually one of the more um concrete musicals where there's a very clear divide usually our polls always tend to be like audiences always seem to like stuff this is one of the most negative responses i've seen mm-hmm. uh, over on twitter 14 percent of people said yes what a treat 29% of people said it was okay, not a classic. No one said, no, I despise it. But 57% of people said, I have not seen it. Hmm. Which I think trailers and everything maybe seem to indicate why. We did hear from Theatre Flashbacks, so at Theatre Flashback 1. Yeah. I love Christmas, but absolutely hated this production. It felt like torture. Watched it last year and won't ever watch it again. <laughs> Fair enough. I I feel like I agree with that. The likelihood of me watching this again. So then this is, you know, I don't think it's it's anywhere in contention for our top rankings. I gave this two stars. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Which one would you rather watch again then is the question. Benedict Cumberbatch's Grinch or Matthew Morrison's Grinch? Matthew Morrison's Grinch. Oh, really? So this isn't your worst Grinch? No. That's interesting. This... The set design for this is nice, or the art direction for this is really nice. That's my issue with the Benedict Cumberbatch one, is I don't like the art style. I'd watch the Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch again. (laughs) But then I've watched that one more so. I've I've already seen that one three times. You know, I've watched it yearly since it came out. So I don't know. Maybe this has to be my worst Grinch then. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Well, the book is now closed. On Dr. Zeus. Yes, indeed. But we are going to be doing another literary adaptation next week. Aren't we, Drew? Yeah. Because what are we going to be watching next week? Next week, we are going to be watching A Christmas Carol the Musical, the 2004 Hallmark movie. 
starring Kelsey Grammer, Jesse L. Martin, Jane Krakowski, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Jason Alexander. There's some amazing people involved in this. Yeah, there are. And who who is that composer? Alan Menken. Yep. And you know this is it. It's <laughs> going. Point. It's going to be the twentieth of December. It is the week before Christmas. What better way than to watch one of the the most adapted Christmas classics out there? Mm-hmm. And obviously, the next week on the twenty seventh of December, we're actually going to have watched this one yesterday. Mm-hmm. At you know, as a time of releasing this episode what are we going to be covering for our final episode final episode will be west side story yes and obviously we're going to talk a little bit sometime as well mm-hmm. i've not seen the original west side story but we're going to be watching steven spielberg west side story which seems to be the musical movie of the season that has made movie musical proven that movie musicals can be good again which is nice to see a lot of five star reviews a lot of gushing reviews i'm really not sure how i feel about people saying that i know because in the heights was really good yeah in the heights was good and we've not i've not watched tick tick boom yet mostly because i know that we're going to cover it at some point and we just didn't have space for it i watched it and i want to watch it because we've not watched a jonathan larson since rent Mm -hmm. so i'd quite like to watch it but you know we've we've not had a chance in our programming is rem yeah it's the same everything is rent 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 everything rent, is rent. rent do you know oh man this is embarrassing so you know how i hated rent yeah and you know how it's one of the most negative episodes i've ever been on and if you've not listened to that go back and check it out my spotify wrapped do you know what my most played song of the year is, it is? Rent? it's rent yeah you like that intro i song. like that song that's it everything rent, went down rent peaks there. no because we get a nice bit out tonight because i like the awood tonight awood. but yes we will be ending with that and i guess as well we're talking about musicals we've seen we are also going to be on the best film ever podcast where we're going to be joining them to talk their real round table for the best movie musicals of all time. And mm. you can get yourselves involved in the conversation. You need to go to Twitter, use the hashtag real round table and the hashtag BFE top five and contribute your list for the audience poll of the, your top five ranked from one being best five being, you know, the fifth place of movie musicals. No animated. Mm-hmm. I assume to make sure this isn't just a top you know, top 10 Disney films. Which sucks because Prince of Egypt's amazing. Yeah. That has one of the best soundtracks ever. But I guess the problem is Prince of Egypt wouldn't get a shout in. You know, you the, the audience polls traditionally, because I love best film ever stuff and they've just done, and if you've never listened to them, you know, you want to contribute, go back and just listen to their real round tables. They've just done war movies, but they also did Masters of Disguise movies. And it's amazing because there are some that will contribute no one else will contribute the audience polls can be very interesting they've done sports movies as well mm-hmm. um which high school musical ranked on that one because <laughs> basketball is a key central theme but you can contribute yours for the audience polls uh tweet at bfe uh, best film ever pod and use the hashtag bfe top five and the hashtag real round table mm-hmm. and we'll be joining them i've got my top 10 i've sent it off to ian and drew will be doing the same very shortly but we are also going to be recording an episode for our year in review. And you can, of course, get involved in the conversation. Thank you to everyone who has already. Let us know your favourite musical we've covered this year or your top five or your top ten musicals we've covered this year. There's a list up on Twitter and Instagram for your convenience and get involved. And we will drop that at some point, uh, probably before New Year's Eve. Yeah. You know, counting down 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. What will be my favourite musical of the year? What will be Drew's favourite musical of the year? Join us to find out. It's cats. 
Spoilers. We peaked early, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> As always, good. you can get involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod, or you can email us on It's a Musical Pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow our adventures behind the scenes on TikTok, It's a Musical Pod. And you can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. And make sure you're subscribed so that when we do launch all these exciting new episodes, you are notified. Mm-hmm. We are available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the Amazon Music app under the podcast sections of the library. We are available on Sitcher. We are available on Good Pods, where we are a featured podcast this week, which was so exciting. Yeah. So thank you once again. I say it weekly. Everyone who listens to us via Good Pods, this amazing new uh, podcast provider, thank you because it's really nice uh, to be you know seeing that success there. And we are available on our OG hosts, as always, Podbean. And if you like what we do, head over to Apple Podcasts, to podchaser.com or to Good Pods and leave us a five-star review because it's Christmas. And Christmas is the time of year that you need to you need to show love. Yes, and show indeed. us some love. Now, until next Monday, where we'll be going past, present and future, we will see you same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.